So this morning I wanted to do things just slightly differently to what we normally do. <clears throat> We're not going to have study groups or anything like that. It's going to be okay <laughs> for, all the, for all the people like me that just like to be left alone. What I wanted to show you was a couple of tools that I use to study the Bible. I remember my grandmother or grandfather or, or somebody telling me when I was very young, you can teach a man to fish, uh, you can give a child a, a fish, but if you teach them to fish, they'll be able to fish for the rest of their life. They'll be able to live, eat food, you know, that sort of stuff. This morning, I'd like to share a couple of tips with you guys about how to study the Bible. Is that okay? So it will require a little bit of effort on our behalf, not a lot, but just a little bit. Um, and maybe um, through today, hopefully what I'm, what I'm sort of hoping out of this little message that we'll do today for the next 30 minutes or so, is for us to be able to find Jesus in our daily life reading the Bible. Because we have um, outstanding people like Pastor Shane Willard and you know, Pastor Mark Connor and Pastor Rob Buckingham who, who absolutely have a gift of interpreting the Bible and, and reading and finding stuff and, and, and drawing it for us to be able to digest and enjoy. But even mere mortals like ourselves, we can all come back to the Bible and find those little nuggets when we're looking for them. And sometimes it's good to know just two or three little tools and ticks, tricks and um, things that we can use. What do you reckon? Will that be okay? Otherwise, we'll put the cup on now and we'll go and have a good time <laughs> after we take up another offering, of course. Um, so... <laughs> in a good way. So I wanted to share a couple of things. The guys are going to put a, a um, picture up on the screen, which is a little bit old-fashioned. It's called a paper Bible. <laughs> so you'll see up there my paper Bible, which is this one, open to a particular page. It's a shame it doesn't have the highlights and things. But anyway, you'll find in, in, in one of these things here, they're very good for just flicking through and having a read. They're very good for highlighting little bits and pieces. But more important to that, you'll notice this is a very specific type of Bible. This is called the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. You can pick these up at Kurong for $60 or $59.99. <laughs> but what I love about this tool is it gives us more than just, just reading a dry page. If you have a look up on the screen, see, on the, see right down the middle you've got the little text See how you've got the words down the left and the right-hand side and down the middle you have the text that runs down here. That's got little letters and numbers and that sort of stuff that helps point you towards where scriptures come from. So, for example, we're going to read from Matthew 8 and 9 today and a couple of scriptures in there point to Old Testament scriptures. So rather than having to use other tools, we can look through our Bible and say, well, that came from whatever book of the Bible. Very, very helpful when you're trying to study and start starting to learn. It also has, if you have a look down the bottom left-hand side or in the middle on the left, a thing called word wealth. That gives you a whole description on what words actually mean because we have the Bible written in English, but it was originally written in two languages primarily, which were Hebrew and... So which was Hebrew? The Old Testament and the Greek was the New Testament, Yeah. So often those words have much more meaning. So we use the word love, for example, but in Greek there's whole bunches of different meanings for the word or, or, or ways that the word love is interpreted. You know, agape love and other ones. Yeah, Shungu knows. So, so you, you can see from there that there's a whole bunch of colour that we can add. So when you see things like those word wealth up there, that one that is up there it says, from 826, little faith is... 
something that starts with O and ends with S, oligopolopidus. And it's Strong's number, and it says small and faith and describing a faith that lacks confidence, you know, that sort of stuff. So when we look at that scripture, we'll be saying, man, what is this? Um, then there's another one, Kingdom Dynamics, in the bottom left-hand corner there, which is the biblical grounds for divine healing. So someone's done a study. So the people they have in this Bible, there's a little short study of, you know, th- as you can see from there, a couple of paragraphs. These things can really help us when we're trying to find God. What's a normal cup of coffee cost these days? I don't drink coffee. Is it five bucks? Five bucks? So if we gave up a cup of coffee for, you know, one cup of coffee a week for 12 weeks, you could own one of these things. Do you know what I mean? Mind you, this is not a paid presentation. <laughs> but the tools, that, the tools that, this, that this Bible provides are just great. The Spiritful Life Bible lines up fairly well with our, what, we, what we believe or how we believe as a, as a church. So get on it. And down the bottom there, you'll also find little notes about a lot of scriptures that are in the Bible. I personally find that really, really helpful because sometimes you just need to go to God. You know, today we've, we've had our normal tithes and offerings and, and later this, afternoon, uh, this morning we'll be taking up our first fruits offering. What does first fruits mean? Jump into the Bible and find out. One of these study Bibles. Tool number two is the version app of the Bible. Have you guys been on that one? So that's a little app like this one here on the, on the whatever. And you'll find in here inspiring little pictures from people like Jimmy Day and stuff like um, Emma Biles has done this, Davinia Lewis has done that, um, Pastor Rob Buckingham has highlighted this scripture in his Bible. So you can see, you can see from here it's a good way to connect as a community. The other nice thing about this is this is free. It doesn't cost us anything, so no cough, cups of coffee required. And it's got lots of different versions of the Bible. I grew up on the New King James version of the Bible, but sometimes I'll flick over to the Holman Bible, for example, or the NIV or whatever it might be, just to try and get a feel for, okay, what's this scripture telling me about? Great tools for studying the Bible. If you've got a fancy pants tablet, they've also got a nice... YouTube or you version of the Bible app as well, which is really, really cool. And again, on here, I was flicking through and I full on found you, Jimmy, in there, which was pretty funny. So, so socially sort of good, but also great tools for us to be able to search the Bible. And the last one that I use from time to time, if I'm thinking about a scripture and I think, gee, I know there's a scripture that talks about something or other, loaves and the fishes. If you type into Google, loaves and fishes, it will tell you what verses and what scriptures in the Bible or where they actually are. You can't always trust Google for all of your theology. However, if you want to try and find certain scriptures, it's a great tool for us to be able to get into. So can I encourage you as a church or us as a church, when we say come and give, go to God and ask him how and why. Why am I giving? Yes, we need money to keep the lights on, which is important. Yes, there are needs in the community, but why do you give? Because when you have faith like a mustard seed, when you sow, that's when God will take that and use that for, your, for, for the advancement of his kingdom, for the blessing of your family. Amen? We've got to find these things. We've got to start to learn. I'm not saying necessarily that we read the Bible every single day and do an exegesis on this and all that sort of jazz. But what I am saying is it's time for us to, to really press in and to find these tools. In this Bible here, you'll also find studies at the back, um, which are really cool. And um, 
uh, scriptures to help you find words and, and all that sort of stuff. So be encouraged, church, to, to look into what the Bible is saying. There's plenty of other tools we can use. When Tracy and I did um, many years ago, we did ministry training school. Um, we were a lot younger than what we are now. And um, they taught us a whole bunch of studies and that sort of stuff. But if I can just encourage you to get the YouTube, the version app of the Bible on your phone, grab a decent study Bible, whatever, whatever floats your boat, the NIV or, or, or that sort of stuff, and start to read just from time to time. Set aside some time to sit down and study a little bit. At the moment, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking a bit about finances leading up to today's First Fruits offering. So study, what does that actually mean? Have a look on Google. Google will start you off on a, on a, on a, uh, on a path to look at. Or inside here on the U version of the Bible in there, they've got little plans that allow us to, you know, follow bits and pieces. So, you know, we can do, at Lent I did some sort of a healing plan or something like that. It was 14 days or 24 days and just each day it pops up on your Bible and, and um, on your phone. So have a read. Check it out, as we say here at Bayside. Like I said, not all of us are going to be uh, Pastor Shane Willards of this world. But that doesn't matter. What matters is that we come to God with our heart. Do you reckon we could turn that heater off back there? Is that all right? Is everyone warm enough? No? Really? Man. Do you want to turn this light around so everyone can... Excuse me while I get a, grab a drink. So can I encourage you, church, if you haven't downloaded the U version of the app, um, U version Bible app, do it, do it now. I don't know how much data it costs, not much. But feel free to pick your phones up at now and, and pull the thing down and I won't get offended whatsoever. Let's turn our Bibles, if we have a paper Bible or a version app or whatever app on your phone, I'd like you to grab a Bible out today if you've got one here. If you don't have one, now's a good time to download it. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 8 and I want to show you how it works for me. Is that okay? So if everyone can grab a Bible out of some description or other, or we will also have it up on the screen, but there's something nice about holding something in your hand and having a look. Matthew chapter 8, if you guys want to put up verse 1 for me and then we'll go from there. What I want to do today is I want to read often on two, two, two um, chapters of the Bible here. The first chapter is 8, the second is chap Matthew chapter 9. And then I've just got a few closing thoughts about what God has been speaking to me about it um, and how I sort of come up with these things. Because I figure if we all do this, we'll have a big long list of preachers ready to go, big long list of sharers for communion, big long list of people that want to inspire others for giving, a big long list of people that want to inspire young people, our, our young adults, our, our youth, our children, our older folk those of us who are approaching the Half Century Club, all those sorts of things. Let's start reading Matthew chapter 8. When he had, if you got it, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. If you've got um, that, that might make it easier just to follow what I'm saying. New King James Version, Matthew chapter 8. We'll start at verse 1. And what I want to pick up on this, I was reading these scriptures and I, I, I was just inspired by a whole bunch of things and... I hope that through this you will also 
be inspired by some of this stuff. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, not later on, but immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift of Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So verses 1 to 4. How do you think the leper felt? Let's be a bit interactive. Feel free. Don't, don't feel obliged, but feel free. How do you think the leper would have felt? Overjoyed, stoked. How would he have felt just before? Let's, let's go a week before or something like that. It's like, man, I've heard about this guy, Jesus. How do you reckon he would have felt? Desperate. Desperate? Good one. Yeah, rejected because he was also always isolated outside of the, outside of the bounds of the church and the community. Hopeful, sorry? Yeah, what am I going to do here? We can see from this little, just these little questions that we can ask, okay, how is this guy feeling? He's feeling down, he's feeling out, he's feeling rejected. But all of a sudden there's an excitement, Jesus is coming to town. And it's like, you know what, mate, I'm going to go seek Jesus and find Jesus. And what's Jesus' response to him? I am willing, be cleansed. Another good thing about this Bible is it's got Jesus' words in red. That's a very helpful thing at times. I am willing to be cleansed. All right, let's look at the next story. So this is, just think about this. Jesus has just come down from the mountain where he's given the Beatitudes. This, so, so right now, I think we're just, I don't think we're even a couple of hours into this story yet. So straight away, he's healed the, he's healed the leper. Verse 5. Um, now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralysed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Isn't that amazing that Jesus said, you know what, you're a centurion. I don't know if imagine those guys would have been, from what I understand, some of them could be quite violent men. And yet Jesus said, yeah, mate, I'll come to your home. I don't mind, if you're, I don't mind your particular way or, or, or your family or what anyone thinks of you. I'll come to your place. I want to heal your servant. Let's keep going. See what I mean by this stuff? Put yourself in the picture. Um, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who follow, this is highlighted in my Bible, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Isn't that incredible? Here's a man that didn't, wasn't necessarily even a Jew or anything like that, but, but he was there and said, you know what, Jesus, come heal me. Jesus continues and says, I said to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Aren't you glad about that for those of us that aren't Jews? But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, listen to this, Go your way, and as you have believed, that's double highlighted in my Bible, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. So two little stories you could preach on for a whole hour, couldn't you? Those two stories. What about the faith of someone that didn't really know God? 
the faith of someone who wasn't, you know, wasn't part of the elite Jewish whatever. Can I encourage us as we're reading through our Bible, find those little nit bits of God's talking to you. When we talk, when we when you hear up the front things like, um, like I said about the offerings that are coming up, challenge it in your own spirit. God, why am I doing this? Because I think when you apply your faith to that, Jesus would say to you, "Good, well done, go, get on it." We okay? We going good? We can look through there. Verses fourteen to fifteen talks about Peter's mother-in-law being healed of lying sick with a fever. Um, verses 16 to 17, many healed in the evening. So, you know, if I read this, maybe this is just one day so far. Can you imagine what a day in the life of Jesus was? So we're up to the evening so far. He's healed a, he's healed a leper, which you're not allowed to go anywhere near. He's, he's spoken to a centurion who normally likes to cut people's heads off and healed his servant. He's, he's healed Peter's mother-in-law. Imagine how important Peter would be after that or how, you know, good on you, Pete. Well done for bringing Jesus into my house. He healed many in the evening. He cast out spirits with a word and he healed those who were sick, fulfilling the prophecy saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So if you're having a period of sickness, you know, read this bit of the Bible. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And and on my Bible, it says the biblical grounds for divine healing. And it's got a whole little spiel there for, for divine healing. That's just a great little tidbit inside your Bible. Do you know what I mean? 60 bucks. It's a bargain. I, I reckon. Jesus, at this point, it's interesting. Have a look at this. This is also interesting. Um, and when Jesus saw this, so we're up to verse 18 now. And when Jesus saw the great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. So Jesus saw all these people around him. And do you get the impression he just had enough for one day? Ever been in that situation? Or is it just melancholy sort of personalities like mine that like that? <laughs> Sometimes we just need a little bit of peace and quiet, amen? Jesus said, hey, hey let's, let's go to the other side, you know? So the, they jumped in the boat and... During that course there of, of that little discussion, some guy says, you know, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds have the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So, so Jesus getting tired by the end of the day. He's giving these guys a few tidbits. Hey, this, this is how you do leadership. You give up. You know, you, you, it's not about you. It's about others. Verse 23, now when, they, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. So the men marveled saying, who can I be that even the winds and the sea obey him? What sort of a lesson do you think that is? What is some of the what, what's that lesson about? Do you think that Jesus was teaching his disciples? Sorry, yeah, faith. Yep. Yep. Yes, exactly. What about the fact that Jesus is bigger than bigger than creation? Exactly. Thanks, Andrew. Sorry. Jesus is in the boat. What about a leadership lesson? 
come on, guys, you're my men. Let's lift our eyes in faith here. Do you know what I mean? What about a leadership lesson for his... There was only his, his 12, maybe, maybe the captains of the boat, I'm not sure. There was only his 12 in the boat. Come on, guys, let's lift our faith. Let's look to God. You know, you of little faith, you know, we can look at that and say, oh, dang, we just, we, we, you know, there's a little red mark next to it. No, but it's no, God, come on, guys, lift our faith. You only need a little bit. See, there's sort of lessons that we can get from each one of these scriptures. Remember, we might be at the end of one day in Jesus' life so far. Let's keep going. So might, now might, might be the night time. The next morning, maybe, when he had come to the other side in the, verse 28, when he had come to the other side to the country of the something or others, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. Anyone got any neighbours like that? (laughs) And suddenly they cried out saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a good way off from there was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine, and suddenly the whole herd of the swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Then those who kept them fled, and they went away into the city and told everyone, including uh, told everything, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to depart from their region. Remarkable, isn't it? We would say, what are you guys thinking? But you can see the impact of a day in the life of Jesus. Chapter 9. So he got into the boat and crossed over and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic man lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. What did you think about the friends of the paralytic? How would they have been feeling? What would that have meant 2,000 years ago? to be a paralytic. Don't think they had cars back then. They certainly didn't have some of the aids and things that we have now. So who would have picked up the slack? The mums and the dads and the, and the friends and that sort of stuff. So for the friends, how would they have been feeling, do you reckon? Tired, yeah? Looking for, for, for their mate to, to, to be healed and to rise and to lift. Where did we get to? What verse were we up to? And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now the multitude saw it. They marveled and glorified God who had given such power. Don't you reckon it's just amazing the impact that Jesus had on the community back then? What impact do you reckon we could have if we all really pressed in and found God and did our very best to, you know, just to walk in his ways? Imagine if we were able to lay hands on the sick and, and they recovered. Imagine if if our mother-in-laws were for feeling sick and we were able to pray for them and see them healed. Imagine if we were able to go against the convention and the thinking of the world for, for God to move in our place. Imagine if there was a child who was sick and dying 
and passed away and we were able to lay hands on her and that child rose. I've read one and a half chapters maybe in the Bible and how many people have we already seen healed, delivered and set free? Just one and a half chapters. Inside the Bible as you read these things, there's so many little gems of, of great information that builds our faith. Verse 14 to 17 of verse 9 to 23. As Jesus went on from there, he called a tax collector. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Verses 14 to 17. John's disciples came to him asking for fasting, asking him about fasting. Lots of interesting medical research about fasting now, isn't it? It's interesting how God's spiritual side lines up with the natural side. Um, Verse 27, for example... um, Sorry, verse 18 to 26. As he was telling these things, suddenly one of the leaders came and knelt before him. Come lay hands. The woman with the issue of blood grabbed hold of Jesus. Let's have a look at that, verse 18. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. That's pretty big faith, isn't it? So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman, suddenly, don't you love those words? And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around. Remember Jesus is going to, to basically look after a young child that was died. And when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. Amazing, hey? But here's this little lady who's, who's spent all that she had on doctors. She was outcast by her community because she was unclean. And yet Jesus turned around and saw her and in the midst of a crowd and said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Jesus, make me well. Jesus, set me free. Jesus, empower me to be all that you've created me to be. I don't want to be anybody else. I just want to be me. Do you know what I mean? Be of good cheer, your faith. This is not highlighted in my Bible. Why is that? Be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowds wailing, he said to them, make room for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, interesting fact, why do you think the crowd was put outside? Sorry? Yeah? Noisy? Yep. Interesting, eh? When you ask these questions, why is this happening? Is it just me that gets switched on by this stuff? I love it. I do this all day, but I've got to stop in four minutes. Two minutes, actually. Crikey. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose and the report of this went out into all the land. Jesus has just raised somebody from the dead. We know of ministries across the world today that are raising people from the dead. I heard one guy speak one time and he said, we don't mind if you die and go to heaven. We just don't want you to be sick when you do it. Interesting, hey? That's faith. (laughs) So, wow, that guy's like, he's a crazy man. Um, 
Two blind men were healed, verse 27. A mute man speaks, verse 32. But I want to finish on this little part here. Verse 35, have a look at that with me if you can. Verse 35, Matthew chapter 9. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing how many sicknesses? How many diseases? Among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, and this is the key, have a listen to this. But when he saw the multitudes, he was what? Moved with compassion for who? For them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest. I am not sure a a biblical scholar would know. I'm not sure if chapter 8 and 9 are two days, a week or a month. I'm, I'm not really sure. But, but chapters 8 and 9 have a whole bunch of stuff. They have people raised from the dead. They have people that have suffered with mental illness completely healed. They have um, bodies, bodies that are healed, mental illnesses and that sort of stuff that are healed. The mute speaking, people that are being you know, supernaturally touched that would never have, would never have been. And yet Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered. What's one of the number one things in Australia right now that we hear a lot about? Depression, mental illness. People feeling weary and scattered. It's interesting at the end of these, just these two chapters that Jesus didn't say pray for the gift to be able to raise the dead, pray for the healing for this, pray for that. Paul talks about that later on. But in this scripture, Jesus didn't say that. He goes on and he says, Pray the Lord of the harvest would send out labourers into his harvest. For the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Don't you reckon it's amazing that Jesus, instead of saying, go out and heal a bunch of people and, 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 and desire that, at the end of this scripture he says, Pray the Lord of the harvest so that my sheep will find their shepherd. Not to say we shouldn't be praying for those other things. We should be believing God. But imagine how different our community, if the church would be, if the church you know, could find the revelation of that, even within our own house. You know, we have, we have times where we suffer, suffer with uh, mental illness. We have times when we suffer with depression. We have times when we just need space. We have times when we, you know, we need God to touch. And yet Jesus said, pray that God would send out the labourers. How about we bow our heads? Jesus, this day I pray that you would open your word to us in a revelation like we've never experienced before. Holy Spirit, your, one of your key, your key values or, or, or things that you do for us is to reveal Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you reveal Jesus in our life? God, as we all take our time to, you know, spend some time in your word, God, I would pray that you would give us revelation after revelation. Lord, a revelation that we are the labourers of the harvest. Lord, a revelation that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 
Lord, a revelation that we can lay hands on the dead and they'll come to life. Lord, a revelation that we are your children, your sons and your daughters. Jesus, a revelation that, that our life would be, you know, so much more important than, than, than anything else in this world because you sent your son Jesus. That so, so whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus, this day, let your glory fill our lives. Your wisdom touch our mind and our soul. And God, your spirit light the fire inside of our spirits like we've never, ever experienced. Jesus, let us be the labourers. Lord, for those that would suffer with, you know, depression and, 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 and sadness and, you know, um, you know, feeling abandoned, God, we, we pray a special prayer for those today, God. Let your grace be upon them, on us, to see that Jesus sees them as number one. In Jesus' name, amen.